Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is episode 38 of this new program here on KSL News Radio. How long until I don't have to say a new program anymore? Is that 50? 40 maybe? We're only two away from 40. Uh, anyway, this feels new, uh, and I am grateful for the opportunity. I'm having a lot of fun. I hope you are as well. 57500 is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. There's a lot uh, I'd like you to share with me today. First and foremost, uh, a continuation of yesterday's plea. What do you think about this Romney deal? Uh, yesterday we learned that Romney was going to vote against the president, going to vote to evict him from office, just kick him out guilty as he spoke from the floor of the U.S. Senate. I'd like to know what you feel about that. And as the day has gone on and yesterday uh, has turned into today, there have been some more nuances added to the conversation and the debate, one of them revolving around faith. Uh, it also, we, there's a question I'd like to pose to you now, and I'll discuss at a greater length later on in the program, and it has to do with the nature of the relationship between a legislator and their constituency. Uh, and we here in the United States, it's not a, necessarily a direct democracy. Uh, you know, not everything is done by referendum, though we here in Utah learned that can be effective sometimes. Uh, the, the way our system works here is that we elect representatives to represent us and go off to Washington or Utah's Capitol Hill or to the county commission or council and to, on our behalf, make decisions. Now, the the philosophical question I'm going to pose now and then readdress later on is whether or not the decisions made by uh, that elected official should be, should align always with the will of the constituents or rather driven by uh, the the morals and uh, character of the uh, legislator. Now, I think in an ideal situation, those two would align. But let's say uh, there's a circumstance where they don't align. Is the legislator to defer to their own conscience and their own morals? Or uh, do they somehow pull the audience? Ask the constituents what they think. Anyway, uh, I, I want to talk about that later on. I first want to know what you feel, and we can share some of your thoughts uh, later on in the program. 57500 is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. What I'd like to speak to you about now is a second speech that the president, President Donald Trump, gave this morning. Uh, this in the wake of uh, yesterday's vote where he was acquitted of both articles of impeachment. He remains in office. office. He goes on to uh, continue his campaign and seek a re-election in November. He, following the National Prayer Breakfast at that hotel in Washington, D.C., he made his way back to his home, the White House, and gave uh, a second, uh, more public speech uh, regarding some of the things that have transpired over the past 24 hours. Uh, I'll, I'll walk through some of those comments now. We have something that just worked out. I mean, it worked out. We went through hell. 
unfairly, did nothing wrong, did nothing wrong. I've done things wrong in my life, I will admit. Not purposely, but I've done things wrong. But this is what the end result is. He then went to use the word evil. He called this whole impeachment trial uh, an evil one. It was evil. It was corrupt. It was dirty cops. Uh, it was leakers and liars. And this should never, ever happen to another president, ever. I don't know that other presidents would have been able to take it. Some people said no, they wouldn't have. But I can tell you, at a minimum, uh, you have to focus on this because it can get away very quickly, no matter who you have with you, it can get away very quickly. It was a disgrace. Uh, had I not fired James Comey, who was a disaster, by the way, uh, it's possible I wouldn't even be standing here right now. As you know, Senator Romney voted against the president, and the president mentioned Senator Romney as he delivered remarks in the White House this morning, the day after he was acquitted of both articles of impeachment. And then you have some that used religion as a crutch. They never used it before. An article written today, never heard him use it before. But today, you know, it's one of those things. But, you know, it's a failed presidential candidate, so things can happen when you fail so badly running for president. He didn't use Senator Romney's name there, uh, but can you think of anyone else he may have been speaking about? He then turned his attention to Senator Lee and asked the senator to send a message back to Utah. A man who is brilliant and who actually was deceived to an extent comes from a great state, Utah, where my poll numbers have gone through the roof. And one of the senator's poll numbers and not this one went down big. You saw that? You saw that, Mike? But Mike Lee is a brilliant guy. He's difficult. <laughs> Whenever I sign bills, you know, we do sign a lot of legislation that's it's big and it's powerful, but it's sort of everybody has to approve it. And I see 99 to 1. 99 to 1. I say, don't tell me who's the one. <laughs> is it Mike? Yes. And he always has a good reason for it, too, by the way. But he is. He's incredible. And right at the beginning, he knew we were right, Mike. And I appreciate it very much. You're just fantastic. And say hello to the people of Utah. And tell them, I'm sorry about Mitt Romney. I'm sorry. Okay? We can say that Mike Lee is by far the most popular senator from the state. But you've done a fantastic job, Mike, in many ways. In many ways. He had one uh, last thing to say about Senator Romney, and then we'll move on to the next topic here. Then one failed presidential candidate, and I call that half a vote because he actually voted for us on the other one. But we had one failed presidential candidate. That's the only half a vote we lost. So we had almost 53 to nothing. We had 197 to nothing. And the only one that voted against was a guy that can't stand the fact that he ran one of the worst campaigns in the history of the presidency. When you win, you got to be graceful, right? Was that graceful? I don't know. I'll tell you one thing. This speech went on for about uh, an hour and a half almost. 
Uh, if you were listening to Dave and Debbie's program this morning, they started airing the show or airing the president's remarks uh, at about 10 o'clock. That continued all the way through to the end when they would typically be signing off, extended on into the next hours, a long speech. Boyd Matheson's got a producer, Robin's her name. She, this morning, pointed out that uh, she went back. And this is fascinating. I love this. Uh, I love wondering about how things from history compared to compared to what's happening today. She went back and looked at the first remarks shared by President Clinton uh, from the White House the morning after the Senate voted to acquit him in 1999. Uh, here, let me take a, make a guess. How long do you think President Clinton's remarks lasted? Uh, again, I'll point out the president spoke for an hour and a half. Uh, President Clinton in 1999. Uh, I'll give you five seconds to think of it up. Think of it, and I'll tell you the answer. Five, four, three, two, one. While Trump spoke for an hour and a half, Clinton in 99 spoke for a minute and a half. Next up on the program, we're going to be talking uh, about... Oh, remember this? Remember the license plate story? Uh, there was that uh, license plate driving around town. Someone took a picture of it, posted it up on Twitter. It caused all sorts of uh, upset and intrigue up at the uh, state office buildings, uh, the DMV, uh, trying to figure out how is it that someone could write the word deportum on the back of their license plate. Well, uh, Senator Luz Escamilla has some legislation to address that. It does that, and then, uh, and then this is fascinating, it does something very interesting, uh, which stems from a conversation you and I had with Clark Apotion. Uh, I'll share that all with you next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office to meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.